Welcome to the Hunt the West podcast, where it's all about getting outside, experiencing the outdoors, and having epic adventures. At Hunt the West, my number one goal for you is to get out and hunt. And today we have a special one. Um, oh, thanks for tuning in. I'm Skyler Harrison. I'm your host. Thank you for coming today. Today we've got a really good episode with my brother Bryce. He had a rifle mule deer hunt that turned out really, really well, and it is a great story. There's a lot of lessons in here about preparation. Um, For those of you who are rifle hunters or or into reloading, this might be interesting to you uh, because Bryce uh, got a completely new setup this year. You might be interested in some of that. And if you are more interested in the reloading stuff, and with Bryce's optic and stuff, he mentions that in here. We can get into a completely new episode with a deep dive into that subject if you want to. So let me know if you want to hear more about that. But for the rest of you, this is just a really good episode with a lot of good advice and just a really cool story. Um, Bryce and I have the same background growing up hunting. You know, we don't, we're not professionals. We didn't really have a lot of instruction from uh, my dad or my grandpa or anything like that like a lot of people do so uh, Bryce came into this hunt um, with lower expectations but he came out on top with a really nice buck so uh, I hope you enjoy this episode here is my conversation with Bryce all right Bryce welcome to the podcast how are you doing doing pretty well nice Okay, so tell us, you have to do the, the commentary. You have to do like the pleasantries at the beginning. Anyway, so tell us about this rifle hunt. I know you, you've had some different things. Um, you went to a new area. You got a, got a new rifle set up. Um, so tell us about your thoughts going into this hunt. What were your goals going into it? Um, where was your mind at? What was the thought process between going to this new area? That kind of stuff. Just get us started. Well, I was pretty excited about this hunt because for a few reasons. One, like you said, it's a new area. I always kind of like going to a new area. Uh, there's pros and cons, right? But I like it. Um, and then the rifle, I've it's the same rifle I've had since I was 16 or I don't know how old I was. Anyway, teenager. But I got a new scope finally. And I also had a new load that I had just started reloading for. And I worked up a new load for this rifle all summer long had been practicing and working up a load for it. So that's a whole another topic, but I was excited to actually test it out hunting. Yeah. You know? Cause before you had like a Nikon Buckmaster on your, yeah, it was like a $200 scope and it worked well for, I mean, 20 years almost like good enough for what I was doing, but, uh, like I found three, it on was the it last... a three to nine or something like that. Just like yeah, just average. three to nine by 40. Yeah. And Nikon doesn't even make scopes anymore. I don't think. Um, but I had noticed the last few hunts, like as I got better at shooting, I noticed that the scope was kind of holding me back. And when I was, uh, a couple hunts ago or last my last rifle deer hunt, I guess I felt limited by my, by my scope. Just like with range or like, yeah, like I didn't feel like I was as confident as I should feel in, in terms of, and like my, yeah. So I, I feel like I could have taken shots at a little bit farther away deer 
if I had, if I would be able to feel confident in the drops and everything, yeah. uh, like a longer range, my setup was just, okay. I had a little chart with my ballistics and it was at 400 yards hold, you know, however many inches above where you want to hit. So judging how many inches that is, is hard <laughs> through a scope. Yeah. And cause you're like, so, how many inches on this deer? What is five inches? look like yeah and so i looked up like okay what's the height of a deer's body it's like 18 inches or something so then you're just having to do a whole lot of thinking before you shoot and i don't i don't just for like ethical reasons i don't want to take shots at long ranges without feeling confident that's going to go like right where i want it to go yeah um so so you're like it's time to get a new scope yeah and so it had been time to get a new scope for a while, but, and the one I wanted was the Leopold with the CDS, uh, which is, that's the, uh, shoot, I can't remember what that means, but you just dial to your distance and then it hits because you send in your rifles, ballistics and the, um, the round that you're using and the speed and everything. And then they'll custom, ship you custom dial system. Yeah, that's right. They send you the, a turret that you replace and then you just dial to your distance rather than to an MOA setting. Yeah. That's so way more slick. intuitive. You're just like, it's like one last step instead of being like, how many MOA is that? And you click, yeah. click, click. It's like, what's the range click. Right. And then it changes. I mean, with my, with my other scope, it, it was cap turrets. So there's no dialing even. Yeah, just so it's just hold over, hold, like yeah. hold the X eight inches yeah. high or whatever. And I didn't even have like a BDC reticle. So it was just oh, you reticle, mm. cap turrets. <laughs> so it's hold over only and like inches above is all you kind of can do. So it removes a lot of the variables jumping from that to the Leopold CDS. Um, but then in conjunction with that, I, I just got into reloading and I had... Uh, made a whole new load and so I was working with a new new round and a new scope so it was nice to to have that so that's one of the reasons I was excited for this hunt going into it and so I was prepared to take longer shots and so that was one of the things I was thinking about as I got into this Um, and because I'd had I just I had started my own company this last year so I have more time to hunt so I was like, okay, I'm going to hold out for a little bit bigger deer, which in the past I'd only had a weekend and just shoot kind of whatever is available. Uh, and the last buck I shot was, you know, a spike by two. So yeah. Uh, Meat in the freezer, but it's not trophy. Right. It's not, it's not like, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm, I've always been happy with that, but especially given my time constraints, but this year I was excited to kind of hold out and like hunt for a week if I had to. Um, so going, and then I went, I was going to our cousin's area that they'd hunted a few years and they've seen some big bucks, but they'd never really taken anything. Uh, they hunted and it's kind of a desert area. And so archery, they've, they've had only hunted archery there too, but. So big wide open country. It's like difficult to hunt archery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd never hunted mule deer in desert anyway at all. Um, so 
that was another kind of interesting aspect, like new thing to this hunt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went out there, I was gonna, so my cousins were, it's their area, right? So I was letting them shoot or go wherever they were going to go. And then I was going to go uh, somewhere else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I let so them kind of like judge. Okay. So you went together, but you kind of split up. Yeah. And that's okay. actually my favorite kind of my favorite way to hunt. Cause I don't like camping by myself, but I kind of like hunting by myself. Mm -hmm. So if you can camp together and then just hunt solo, it's like the best of both worlds. And you get home, you can exchange stories. And uh, so it's pretty sweet. That's like the best way to hunt. I think in my opinion. Um, so, so yeah, so the night before I got up there earlier than they did and I went scouting kind of went to the areas that they'd seen some deer and just kind of glassing from the road kind of thing. I didn't see anything, no deer. Um, so I was like, okay. I'll... And I, and I had, so, some... Hey, sorry, one questioning and jump in here. The, you said you're going to hold out for something a little bit better. Did you have a point in mind or did you just like something that gets you excited or did you have any number in, in mind or was it just, um, not really. It was just the biggest deer I'd taken was a three point that was pretty good size. <laughs> so no yeah. like measurement or number of points. I, I didn't have that in mind. I was just like, it's gotta be at least bigger than the biggest one I've taken. Which okay. isn't that big. Right. So as, okay. I'm not holding out for something huge. It was, um, and then depending on what day it is too, you know. Standards drop a little bit toward the end. Sure. Yeah. So. Okay. So I think that just yeah, gives people some idea. It, yeah. Yeah. So that's my, my, my window of what my, where my standards are. Right. Yeah. Cause some people Everybody's say I'm holding out for a big deer. That means it's like, it's 180 or bust dude. I'm eating my tag and you are not like oh, holding out. You're just like, season, a, yeah. just like a, like, rifle a season like a nice bust. four point, you know? Yeah. I would any, any four point I would have been ecstatic about ecstatic about, right. Even a large three point I probably would have been cool with. Um, especially cause I wanted to shoot something with my new setup, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's kind of the mindset going into it. And so I let them choose their areas. They said that they were going to go up these ridges. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up this ridge and I'm going to kind of skirt around anything. So get far enough away from their area that I'm not going to spook anything that's could be in there while I'm hiking in. Uh, so I don't want to ruin their hunt at all because they're, you know, gracious enough to bring me to their area uh, i didn't want to screw it up for them so that was kind of uh priority number one and then so we got up there and the night before like i said we scouted out didn't see anything i saw one pronghorn and that was it uh but it didn't really change our plans so we just got up the next morning and i went up earlier than they did a little bit because um, I was just quicker because they had Kendall had his wife with him and Parker had his little girl with him. And so we just, I just went up fast and got up there and I had a farther hike too. <clears throat> so that's part of the reason I wanted to get going fast. So then I start hiking up and it's dark and I hiked up and, but then I didn't quite get as far as I wanted to before the sun was coming up. 
So I decided to just stop in this run ridge and I was looking at my maps and I can see that I can, you know, I'll probably be able to see enough from right there to just sit down for first light and just see what I can see. So, oh, the other thing was we wanted to be within a radio distance. So that was, I wanted to be far enough away to not spook the, anything that they might shoot or have a chance at, but also close enough that we can radio to each other if we need help packing out or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so I get up there and I sit down on this little ridge right before the sun comes up and start stripping all my, like get from hiking mode to glassing mode, mm-hmm. you know? So I take off, put my rifle down, get my, tripod and my binoculars all set up um and just kind of settle in for a day of glassing you know like i was prepared to sit on that ridge for a probably till midday at least if even if i didn't see anything um so then the sun starts coming over and it's just quiet you know and then i see i see a doe walk out at about 280 yards so like okay sweet and then i start thinking well okay <laughs> well and then my first thought is okay i gotta look around in the trees nearby and it's kind of sparsely populated trees uh it's not super open right there where she is and i look and i'm like i know that if the, she's if she's with a buck it's gonna come right behind her so i gotta kind of prepare but then i realize i don't have anything prepared my rifle's still just kind of sitting next to me uh on its tripod or on the bipod um scope covers are still on too i think and i'm like kind of tangled in my binocular tripod you know yeah you're like sitting sitting underneath underneath it. it yeah yeah um so then just like i had predicted this buck steps out and it's like a huge buck (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, holy crap. And it's only at 280 yards. So you can tell with the naked eye that it's a big old buck. Yeah. So I get super excited. Yeah. Because most of the time when you, when we're hunting, you know, that rifle hunt, we're like, our goal is find some antlers behind the ears of the, of the deer to see if you can shoot it or not. That's the kind of standards that we usually have on these hunts. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) It's It's kind of like, wait, is that a buck or not? Can't quite tell. Can't tell. Don't shoot until you can tell it's a buck. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the kind of bucks that we're usually after. Yeah. (laughs) Not the kind of, oh, is that, does he have extras or not? It's like. (laughs) Right. Or like how deep are those forks? Yeah. We're like, I don't like, oh, how much mass does he have? You know? Yeah. We're not, I wasn't thinking about any of that. Yeah. You're just like big buck. Let's go. And so I'm like, whoa. And he looks right over at me because I'm like shuffling around like an idiot. Uh, and <laughs> he looks over, he turns his head and his antlers are out wider than his ears. And I'm like, holy. So then I'm like, okay, now what do I do? Cause now they both look at me and they start, they didn't get completely spooked. They were just kind of like, eh, I don't like what's going on over there. So I'm going to just walk this way. And, but I'm picking up the pace now. So they just, they weren't even trotting. They were just like walking fast. But they're they're going up this ridge line, uh, and they kind of head toward the other side of the ridge, but parallel to it, almost parallel to it, but about to cross over. 
So I've, but then they're going between trees and then they show up and they disappear behind trees. They show up, they disappear. So I'm like, I got to get to a, like a place I can get stable because it's still 300 yard shot. So it's not like you can just, it's, it's far ish, right? It's not that far, but you still got to be stable to make a good shot. Right. Um, so I, I jump down there. I'd lay down. I, most of the time I'm practicing prone. So that's where I like to be. So I find a good spot. I lay down. I'm up on my little bipod and I find the deer again. And by the time I, I get to this point, they're on the other side of the ridge. I can still see their bodies, but their legs are obscured by the ridge. So, and they're still headed down that same direction. So they're only sinking deeper and deeper behind that ridge. Right. And there's trees everywhere too. So they're, so I see the, I see that there's a window between these two trees. I see that the doe, the bucks just behind him, just behind it. And I just, oh, and I had dialed. So I had my new scope, right. With the, so I had ranged it. I was like, okay, two ninety eight or whatever it was. So I just go right to 300, set my, set my dial at 300. Um, and I think I had done that even before I like, like laid down all the way. So it's like, Oh, because I, like while I was getting my rifle set up, I already had the range pretty well. So I just dialed right to it while I was like laying down. Mm-hmm. So I set that, take my safety off and all that, or like I actually racked a round cause I didn't have one racked. Uh, so, so then I'm laying there and I have this last little moment. I'm looking the, the, the doe disappears behind the tree. The buck appears behind or right in the little window. And I just, I just put my crosshairs right on him, right at, like behind the shoulder kind of. And then I just, I just let it crack off. And so then, so then, it, and this rifle, I don't have any sort of muzzle brake or any sort of recoil. Anything. So I can't watch my shots through the scope hit. Right. And it's a, it's a short mag 270. So it's got quite a, a hefty kick. And you're and shooting, so, was it 180 grains or 150? No, 130. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm shooting copper rounds. So okay, um, all copper. So they kind of perform like a two, 150 grain. Um, and they don't even sell 180 grain in 270. Yeah. I guess that'd probably be too big. Well, actually, they have started doing that now with the other like six eights that are coming out. Uh, But with this barrel, it's it's a one in ten twist, so it's not really ideal for super heavy bullets. But anyway, that's a total different topic. (laughs) Reloading. We we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So anyway, can't uh, watch your 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 bullet hit. Is the point? Yeah. So then, yeah. So the point is the recoil goes off, and the deer. By the time I get back on there. There's no deer sitting. There's no deer. It's like, I don't see the doe even. So they were on a path. This is the last window. Yeah. And they're like, their legs are already behind the ridge. So you don't know if you completely missed and he ran off or he dropped him dead in his tracks right there. You still wouldn't be able to see him. No, even if he would have dropped, I wouldn't be able to see him. (laughs) So I had no idea. So like, okay, here we go. I guess that's it. Like I shot and there's no deer anymore. And so, I don't know. So what's whether... going through your head then? You're like, 
did I did you feel well, like oh I nailed it I felt so good about that shot that was perfect or was there a question in your mind there was questions it felt good but at the same time I felt rushed okay so I had these two competing ideas in my mind I would I took I I kind of rushed it like I didn't because I because I had to <laughs> in order right. to get that shot I right. had to but I didn't rush it so much that I was just kind of like, oh, aim at the deer and bam. It was like I put the I put the crosshairs on. I was kind of just instinct though. <laughs> and this summer I had I'd shot a lot. So I had practiced with this rifle a lot. Like I know what it feels like. I know when the trigger goes off. I know what the scope looks like through it. I know, you know, like I have experience with this rifle now and this scope. <laughs> And so I, it was just instinct at that point. There, there was no like checklist in my mind, like, okay, like breathe and squeeze the squeeze, trigger straight yeah. back and all this kind of stuff that I normally would do when I'm like siding in or when I'm shooting for groups, I kind of run those checklists in my head. But I think because I had done that checklist so many times, my muscle memory and my mind is just kind of doing it all in instinct now yeah. because this is the last moment and this is a nice deer. And so I took a good shot. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to just I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. So I want to kind of emphasize what you just said because a lot of that uh, that carries over into archery too is like when you're practicing the the sequence is everything. All the little things, your breath, like squeezing, and I'm sure a lot of that is very similar for rifle long range shooting. But when you're in the moment, it has to be automatic and the automatic nature of that shot only comes from very deliberate practice and i felt the same way with that on on my bowl just like i didn't think about drawing anchoring squeezing bubble level any of that i didn't think about any of that when i was on the elk but i think about it every single time when i'm target shooting so that's where that confidence comes from or to be able to just i mean we'll see if it paid off did it pay off because you don't know at this point right you just see an empty yeah, hillside point. I don't, I just, I see an empty gap between trees. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I was, I was running through it in my head. Like, was it a good shot? Did I rush it? And so I'm like, kind of psyching myself out uh, and thinking I rushed it uh, because I've done that before. And so I kind of reverted to like, ah, this is the feeling of where I rushed a shot and the mist. And like, mm -hmm. anyway, like back when I was less experienced, I would miss deer and clearly miss them. And so that's not a fun feeling. No, it's so, not. Been there too. <clears throat> yeah. And so, and I'm all alone. So I'm like trying to figure it out. And then I hear cousins on the radio. They're like, Hey, was that you who shot? And this is right in the early in the morning, right? It's like seven 30 in the morning. It's only maybe 15 or 20 minutes after like legal shooting light. Yeah. Cause this is like mid October, right? Like, yeah tail end of october or something yeah it's like third week of october or something um so so then i i, I radio back I'm like hey it was me i don't know if i hot i hit him or not but the shot was me you know well because they, they radio and we were all on the same channel so then the other cousin responds like no it wasn't me it must have been bryce uh so anyway but yeah one of them was still hiking even still hiking in and so then i just gather all my stuff and i hike down the ravine that's between the ridge that I shot to and the ridge that I shoot from. Uh, 
And so then I walk over there. I kind of find where I think they, the deer were, but it's super hard to tell where they were and where you were. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks like, the same. Yeah. Especially on a knob of a ridge, like a gentle ridge like that. It's so hard to, you could say they're between these two trees, but they could be anywhere like 50 yards, you know, hundred yards. It's, it's, I don't know. It's hard to tell. And they're on top yeah. of the ridge. Like what part of the ridge were they standing on? Yeah. And these two ridges are parallel from each other or to each other. And so even the distances are, t- are tough to like, so, but I was, I was using my rangefinder back to where I was sitting because I, I could pinpoint the spot that I was sitting at when I shot. Mm-hmm. So I was ranging back to that point when I got to the other side. Okay. I was ranging back to where I was to try to figure out where the deer would have been when I took that shot. Uh, so you can kind of start looking for blood or hair yeah. or whatever. So I'm going up and down this ridge and, but oh, and at the same time too, I'm thinking these deer might be right here still. And even if I missed, he might've just kind of stayed and got confused or whatever. So I'm kind of, I'm not like, totally half hunting. like tracking mode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of looking, but I'm also keeping my head up and looking around because I've seen deer that they just kind of pop up wherever. By the time you get over there, they could pop up yeah. anywhere. So I'm making, so I'm just going real slow. I'm like, if he's dead, he's just sitting there. He's not going anywhere. But if he's alive, then I need to see him and take a good shot and not like rush it again. Um, so you're more hunting than tracking. You're, you're yeah. like more in the mindset of um, this, de- like this deer still, still alive. Hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was a conscious choice of mine because I was hoping to just go over there and find a dead deer. And so I'm excited to just rush in there, but I'm like, well, I need to think through this. Cause if he's still alive, I need to like hunt him and be careful. Um, so I'm, I'm going over there. I'm just kind of still hunting, but it's pretty thick. Like there's trees everywhere, but it's kind of sparse kind of desert junipers, you know? And so I'm walking around looking and going super slow, like still hunting. And then I see the doe down, down a ravine and back up a little bit. And so I'm like, okay, here we go again. It's just the doe and maybe the buck's still following her. So I just laid down. I ranged her. I can't remember what it was at, like maybe 250 or something, or 180 or I don't know, something like it was somewhere in there. So I ranged her, I dial, I'm like, okay, if he follows her out, I'm ready, you know, do this again. And I just sit there and she's looking and she's just standing there, like not doing anything. Uh, but she was looking around and then she'd look, she did look over at me a couple times, but I was pretty still. And so I wasn't spooking her. <clears throat> so she'd look at me and then by the time, so she looked at me for a while, actually. And I was super still like, I can sit here all day and I know that she can too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they just stay still 10 minutes, forever. 20 minutes. So you don't yeah, like, just I like can't frozen like a statue. Spot. Yeah, exactly. I can't sit in the same spot as long as she can without moving, you know, just a little bit, but I was prepared to, cause I'm like, well, it's one of two things. This buck is either with her or he's dead. And either way, sitting here is the right choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really. So it's good that you had the clarity of mind to, to do that. Yeah, because I 
I was upset with myself for not being ready to take the other shot. And so this time I'm like, I'm ready, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not making that same mistake. Cause one of the only reason I only had a small window to shoot at the buck back at the other on the ridge is because I wasn't prepared. I had, I wasted a bunch of time like getting ready while the deer stand there or walking. Right. So this time I, I didn't want to make the same mistake. I'm ready. I'm ready to shoot as soon as he comes out. <clears throat> and so, so yeah, so then I'm staring at this doe. She's looking at me and then pretty soon she gets comfortable enough that I'm like not a threat. So she starts looking around and she's kind of wandering and she keeps looking back at the same spot, uh, which it made me think, made me think that like, okay, the deer could be following her. Like a lot of times they'll look back at where the other deer are, you know? And so that's kind of a clue to tell you which, where the other deer that she's with are. Um, so then I just sit there and wait. I don't know how long it was, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. It felt like a really long time, but then pretty soon she just kind of walked over the other ridge, like went over and disappeared back in the trees. And so I'm like, okay, now I can just keep looking for this, this other looking for the buck if he's down. So then I go up and down this ridge for probably an hour, just tracking, looking for anything. Uh, and I found the footprints kind of, but then they disappear and they went weird. And it was, it was pretty hard to track. It's pretty, it's kind of rocky. And so I'm not really seeing very many tracks. I don't see any blood or fur. So I'm just kind of like, okay, well, he must, I must've just missed and he's just gone. He went a different way than the doe. They do that um, too. Like bucks, big bucks like that. They won't stick around with the does sometimes when they, when they, all scatter the big yeah. bucks will just keep running like they're, they're like smarter need the herd yeah yeah they don't they don't just go over the next ridge and stop they go like four ridges over yeah so i'm i and i've i've had that happen before too on other hunts it's like you shoot at a buck and he disappears over a ridge and you think oh like i'm just gonna run over to there and i'll see him because that ridge is that, that next basin is pretty big there's nowhere for him to hide and you go over there but in what feels like a small amount of time and they're just nowhere. Yeah. They're, just, they're, like they're gone. Twice as far as you think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Or they pop up like two ridges over. Like, what the heck? How'd they get over there? Or they don't pop up at all. Most commonly, they just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking that, dang it, this is, you know, that's what happened here. I just missed. And so now I'm beating myself up again for rushing. And, and so then I'm like, well, I think I'm just going to zigzag down the other side of this ridge. So I was kind of at the top of the ridge going up and down looking for sign. But then I'm like, well, if he was hit and he didn't die right away, he probably would go down a hill because he's going to be weak or whatever. He's just going to kind of go down this hill and maybe die down in the like ravine or, or he's still alive, but he still would probably go downhill. I'm like that's the best clue I have is just, I'm just going to go down this hill. So I kind of chose a width and said, okay, I'm just going to zigzag down this based on where I think I shot him and just start zigzagging down and still don't see any sign. So I like take a granola bar out. I'm like, okay, now I'm like transferring to this other mindset. Like just, I'm just going to hike and try to find deer and maybe go down to this ravine to just 
scratch it off the list, make sure he's not down there, but I don't think he's down there. I think I missed. So I'm like, start eating my granola bar and just kind of walking casually. And then I look down there and I see this, this deer, <laughs> I see him piled. He's just like laying down. He's kind of awkward laying there weird. I just see the white butt sitting like right at me and the feeling of relief and joy just like yeah. <laughs> floods over me. Yeah. And now I'm the best hunter in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a second ago, I'm like the worst. And now I'm like, yeah. So I threw my hands up in the air and I'm like excited. And so my mindset totally shifted. Yeah. Cause I bet after looking for an hour, you're like, how did I miss? Like, Oh, I just rushed the shot, but like I jerked the trigger. I dialed yeah. to the right, like is, yeah, I guess you were, you were confident that you were dialed right and everything. Like you had confidence in your scope and everything, but that's when you start thinking, man, did I bump it in the truck? Did I drop it? Like, yeah. Like really happen? come up with any excuse. So I, I think I had just talked myself into thinking I made a bad shot, you know, uh, because, and then you just kind of start making all the excuses or whatever, like, and I, so I, I mean, I knew I was responsible, so I wasn't like trying to like, oh, my rifle must be off or whatever. Cause I knew I was kind of rushed when I took the shot. So I'm like, yeah, I just, I rushed it and I just shot over his back or whatever. Um, and it must've been over his back because below, if I hit low, it would have been into the hillside and I would have seen like dust cloud, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I think I had just over that hour and a half or whatever it was, I had convinced myself that I, I just took a bad shot and rushed it. But when I walk up to it, it was perfect shot. It was right on where I was aiming. It had gone through. It was it was quartering away just slightly. Um, and so where the shot went in, it went all the way through and it had it broke his offside shoulder. But there was no exit hole either um that i could find and so so anyway i'm super excited now <laughs> and i'm like taking pictures of it and like but it's on a steep hillside so i had to kind of drag it down and um yeah you sent me some anyway. really cool pictures i'll i'll be sure to put those up on instagram so if you want to go see those you can go check out the instagram but didn't you recover the bullet like, yeah. So after I didn't recover it till I got home and was processing it. Uh, cause it was, it was caught. Well, I could tell that it was caught in the shoulder when I quartered him. Um, so and, yeah, so I radioed quite where, yeah, I didn't know where it was. I'm like, Oh sweet. Like I could tell it was in that shoulder because it hadn't gone through the hide. Right. But it was caught in the shoulder. I wasn't going to like spend the time to dig it out right then. Right. So I was kind of excited to see that because I'm working with a new bullet and I want to see how it performed. And, but it performed perfectly. It went through, by the way, it's just for anyone interested. It's the Barnes LRX 129 grain, uh, 270. And so it had gone through right behind the shoulder all the way through vitals and into that offside shoulder and stopped there. So it got all the way penetration without going all the way through. Awesome. Um, yeah, so this is pretty, pretty just perfect, I think. <laughs> and then what about uh, like when you walked up on and you see his antlers? Like, were you, yeah. So were I, you I like, like, 
Yeah. Was it everything you hope and dream? Like what, what was your thought when you first saw him like on the ground? Cause you weren't paying attention to his antlers when you shot him. Yeah. Well, I knew he was huge when I shot him because I'd seen him turn toward me. And that's like, it's a lot easier to tell when they look right at you. I feel right. like you can see how tall and how wide and everything. So yeah. So when I walked up to him, like sweet, like <laughs> this is huge. and had eye guards and it's like the best year of my entire life, like by far. Yeah. And I was just feeling so blessed and like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was a lot of good feelings that like, and and it had happened so quickly too. So it was, it was pretty, uh, it's hard to describe really, but the antlers were not, it's like, I was excited about this huge deer, but like, wasn't even the biggest part of my excitement, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it was more like the accomplishment that the rifle had worked and like, and this deer is huge and like, holy cow, like, do I even deserve this? You know, it happened so quickly. And I, I, our, my like, cousin's area, like, I just come yeah. here. <laughs> I started like feeling open, all that. And, opening day. Or I guess it wasn't technically opening day, was it? Or was it? Yeah. It was, it was opening, opening day. morning. Yeah. yeah. Opening, opening morning, morning, like first light. Dude, that never happens. Like, I hated when I hear gunshots go off at opening morning at first light. And you're like, oh, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even see any deer. Come on. Let alone shoot one. Yeah. Let alone a huge one. Yeah. So, yeah, so this we, is, you put tape on him, right? He, he was like, he's like 154 or something like that. 155. Yeah. 155. So I measured yes. it. So he's not like enormous, but for a general season rifle tag and for what you and I are used to, it's like, it's a super nice deer. It's way good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I think anyone would agree. They look at that and be like, that's a nice four point right there. Yeah. Like it's not a small four point. It's a big four point. Yeah. At least in my scales. Yeah. Well, I've, I've uh, picked up a shed of like the smallest four point you could ever pick up and he's perfectly like deep forks and everything, but he's just like so small, small, <laughs> like yeah. a small little <laughs> four point. So like yeah. Good genetics, but really young or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Oh, like, do I cape him? Like th- to me, this is the deer of a lifetime, you yeah. know? Like I, I never, I'm not even putting in for like the areas that, you know, that keep these huge bucks, you know, that like 180 inch bucks. And I, and up until this point, I wasn't even, I never really nerded out about the points and like the score. I didn't even know what a good score was. I, I never, I, I'm like, I'm not really following the social medias and like looking at all the scoring. Like I have no idea. Yeah, I'm terrible. What a good score that. is. Like I hear I hear people say 200 inch is huge or whatever. 200 inch buck. And like, okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I could just cuz I've never I don't it's this it's a, this measuring system that I'm just not even familiar with, so. Yeah, it's kind of like when say, people talk in centimeters. You're like you kind of know what they're talking about. But you're like, <clears throat> yeah, I know that people say that that's a lot, but I can't right. picture it in my mind. And that's how it is for me too, like like I can't really tell the difference between a 180 inch buck and a 200 inch buck. Um, but some people they'll look at that and they'll be like, that's like 190, 195. And they'll be like way close. And I'm like, I don't know like yeah. how, like you just, people spend so you much just time. Look at them enough, you know? 
yeah. But yeah, for you and I, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's a big, nice four point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just big four point. That's all I yeah. know. Like you could tell me, yeah, someone could tell me that they saw a 400 inch mule deer. I'd be like, okay, nice. Is that big? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Or they could tell me that they saw a hundred inch. I'm like, oh, nice. Is that big? Yeah. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> like up until this point, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Until you said you like asked me to score. I'm like, okay, yeah, I should like download the thing and like measure it. Yeah, I like sent you the thing from Boone and Crockett. I'm like, this is how you measure a deer. Yeah. Cause I've been I was just wasn't interested in this in the scoring. Yeah. Like I just like the antlers. I like how they yeah. look. Well, it's funny and... how that works because I the first time I ever measured anything was when I found that giant chalk white mule deer shed. You remember that one with like all the extras? Mm-hmm. and i was like this is giant and i taped it out and had a bunch of broken points too and it still scored it scored like 90 inches alone like without even without even a a, a width me- measurement just the oh, tines so- and everything it measured 90 inches so it would have been over 200 then yeah probably yeah, like I can't remember the exact numbers. It was like it was like eighty-seven or like something, and that's without the broken points and without the the inside spread. Yeah, so it was like a massive deer. And then I started putting it together. I'm like, oh, okay, like this is this is actually really cool. Uh, yeah, it's cool to get into and like. Yeah. I see why people but, nerd out about it, but yeah, yeah, it's just a good way to. It's a it's another way to nerd out about antlers that yeah. I hadn't really done. Yeah, uh, because all mine were little, so I just didn't, you know. Yeah, like my two-point velvet buck that I shot with my bow. Like I've never measured him. It's like, what do? You, why? Why would you? Like, yeah, because it just doesn't matter. I, I don't know. It's, I didn't I measure mean, my... It might be fun now. Yeah, it might be fun. I bet he scores. I don't know, like sixty, <laughs> forty-eight. <Yeah>. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking at him right. I have four sets here on my wall too. And they're all small, and it's like I kind of yeah. do want to measure them just so I know. Yeah, dude, I kind of want to measure mine now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna measure mine, and I'll put it at, at the tail end of this podcast. Like I think he's like, this is my guess. I'm gonna go on record. I'm gonna say he's 40, 44 inches. Okay. Yeah, it'd be cool to like compare the two euro mounts. <laughs> so I ended up euro mounting it myself, and uh, and measuring. So, so yeah, but, but while I'm processing it, I'm like, this is huge. Like I. Do I want to pay the money to like just and I really I did do a yeah, shoulder mount it, do a shoulder mount because I, I was totally considering it and I because I knew that he was super like for me this is a buck of a lifetime you know this is the biggest buck I'm ever going to shoot and at least this is what I was thinking right then and like I don't really care if he's not massive like he's not it's not for everyone well, else. It's, it's not for what you. other. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not going to go in Cabela's and be on the wall with a plaque underneath him. So it's like, but does he have to be that in order to cape mount him and to like, or to shoulder mount it? No, it's just for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but I was like, okay, it's like 1200 bucks or whatever it is. And is it worth it? I don't know. So I'm like, cause I kind of have to choose now because depending on how I want to process this hide. So I, I just, when I first started processing or like uh, skinning him and everything, I just kind of planned as if I was going to until the very last minute. And then I decided, no, nah, I'm just going to, 
I don't want to spend all that money. I'm just going to yeah. Euro mount him. And, and your Euro turned out super sweet. I loved how it turned out. Yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm excited about it. I love it. Yeah. So I do want to, I do want to get a deer now that I can shoulder mount though. You're like, I'm now like, I'm going to go bigger than this one. Like now I got, now I have goals, you know? Yeah. It's funny how like that works bigger, you know? Okay. Now I got to get one bigger. Yeah. Cause now I feel the exact same way about deer too. Cause I, I just wanted to get one with my bow. And then now I'm like, Hey, now I want like a nice one. Kind of how you were going into this hunt. Like that's yeah. how I'm going to feel with my night next year. Archery. I'm just gonna be like, I just, I kind of want a nice one, which yeah, would probably like, be like, like a nice three point. I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Awesome. But I probably will not, I'll, I'll pass on a, on a two point, you know? Yeah. It's way easier to pass when you've already shot that. Yeah. Size. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Sorry. Yeah, go, ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I'm okay. I was no. going to say, I do kind of want to talk about this idea that you kind of brought up about like, I just came in here on opening day to my cousin's area. Like, do I deserve this big buck? Cause you got like this, you got the buck of your dreams, buck of a lifetime on opening morning like do you felt like you earned it did you deserve it did, did you have those kind of thoughts what were, what are your thoughts about that yeah i i mean at first I, I felt a little guilty because this is my cousin's area you know or our cousin's area and they bring me in and the only buck we've seen is this big one and i shoot it like within half an hour of opening light yeah <laughs> and i'm you like kind of feel been... like you stole it yeah. Like, I'm like, I just come in here you guys introduce me to your area and I shoot the first thing I see. And like, <laughs> now you guys are left like figuring it out. Yeah. You're like, like yeah, I got the like, biggest I'm, buck I'm, in the area. There's none left I'm for you guys going home. Yeah. I just, I just felt guilty kind of. And like, I was prepared to like hike and hunt for a whole week. And I would have, and if I would have gotten this buck at the end of that, I would be like, yes like it was all worth it just slogged away working yeah. all week long tired feet you know i don't know <laughs> all this stuff and you feel like yeah like this is i deserve like i don't know deserve is such a weird word to me uh i don't really like it but yeah like i kind of feel like uh, like i almost would have been happier if one of my cousins got it you know so you don't mm -hmm. feel any sort of guilt uh, but at the same time, I'm like, well, if I would have passed, like, should I have passed because they didn't have one yet? Like, what were the alternatives? Yeah. You you're know? like, that's kind of ridiculous. Like they would have been stupid. mad at you. You're like, why didn't yeah. you shoot it? And you're like, whoa, it was day one. You guys hadn't gotten This one. is your area. And I thought maybe I could call you. You could come over and right. shoot it. And yeah, no. like, no, like, they would have been like, happen. dude, shoot it. No. Cause that, that deer is going to disappear. Yeah. Like, especially in this area, it's not like you can just watch it for a long time yeah it's it's kind of thick and the, lots of little hills everywhere like it's not like other areas that we've hunted where you can look up on the hillside and you can see like six ridges and yeah. you can watch a deer for two days you yeah. know full day like oh he, there he is if you walk up make some big plan to go get it yeah we can't do that here it's you got a little window and you got to take it otherwise it's gone yeah uh, so yeah, like, so I'm going through this in my head too. It's like, yeah. What, what alternatives do I have? Like, should I have not shot it? Like what? I don't know. Yeah. 
And well, do I, I deserve I, it? Like, what's the, what even, what does that even mean? Yeah. And I, you and I have kind of talked about this, this subject a little bit, and I've been thinking about it ever since you kind of brought up this idea. And I think it's all just, it's all made up. Like it's just all lives inside your head. It, you don't earn a deer. You don't deserve a deer. You, there's, there's luck involved if, with every hunt. There's make your own luck too, but you can do all the things to make your own luck and then still not get lucky. Meaning you could work super hard. You could scout all season. You could know the area super well. You could put in tons of miles. You could be glassing for hours and hours and then never be presented a shot or, or just have bad luck, you know? like in some way and it's like do you deserve should that animal like just die for you just because you did a lot of work no like that's ridiculous yeah it's like when it comes down to it it's it's still a hunt and it's still like it's kind of like a game you know where there's going to be some luck involved there's a lot of skill involved and you can make your own luck but it's there are no guarantees in hunting and yeah, that you might look at, at so here's a, here's a scenario I thought of when when I was pondering this subject, is like okay, so you have two guys, one guy has done all the work, like we said, scouting, and and he has this target buck, and he knows where it lives, he knows its patterns. Opening day, he goes, and he kills that buck. He's gonna feel a lot better about it than a guy who came into an area, didn't know that buck existed, and it stepped out in front of him on opening day, and he shot it. So the, the, all it is, is it's just like how you feel about it. (laughs) Like you don't earn it. It's just, are you going to feel better about it? If you, you're going to feel a lot better about it. Had you done a lot of work to earn it? And I think that's probably true with everything, but anyway, that's kind of my, yeah, my two cents on this. Yeah. It's like deserve. That's why, that's why I kind of said that I don't really like the word deserve because like, what does it even mean in a hunting scenario? You deserve this? Yeah, you, you don't like, deserve you, anything. Nobody owes you anything. It's the wild. Yeah, the the deer like, doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. It's not like the earth owes me a deer or like nature owes me this or something. Yeah. So it's like you don't deserve anything. You just you go work and like the harder you work, the higher probability is that it's going to happen. Yeah. You know? But, and you can also blow it and like you deserve, like if you screw up, like, did you deserve to miss, you know? Like, yeah, you kind of did. Yeah. (laughs) So if you can deserve the negative, does it mean you can deserve the positive? Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Maybe. Cause like, maybe not. If you had done everything right, except you forgot to dial your scope, you don't deserve that deer at all. Like hundred percent. You don't deserve it. You forgot to dial your scope. Deer wins. But yeah, if you fault. like to do everything right, it doesn't mean you deserve to kill it. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, so maybe you can deserve to to fail, but you can't deserve you, to. You can never succeed. deserve to succeed in hunting. <laughs> so then it's just, it's just think, a gift every time. I think that's kind of true. I think it's true because, dude, I so last year elk hunting, I was in elk so much. I was in elk every single day i drew back my bow multiple times and i never got a shot off just because of that luck situation we're like there was a branch in the way 
they were moving too quickly. Like there, there's probably some little things I could have done to make it better. But dude, I didn't get an elk that year. I got one this year, and it was the very first situation that presented itself. Like, and it worked out. And in both of those scenarios, it's like if I would have killed something last year, I probably would have felt like I earned it. And this year, I I feel the same way that I earned it because it like not that you can earn it like we've already established, but well, I, I think earn I, and deserve are a little bit different. But yeah, but I think you yeah, but if you earn something, it doesn't necessarily mean you deserve it or yeah. you like are owed it. So right. like I feel like. It, it, like like we were just saying that in the two scenarios if you succeed you're going to just feel a lot better about it you're going to feel more like you earned it so like with my very first deer that spike that i shot off the side of the road like yeah i didn't feel like i earned that at all it's like i got <laughs> it like i just like walked over and shot it and and it was like 25 yard rifle shot on a spike <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was like i don't know did i earn that no not really but i got it so whatever that's how I felt about it. See, but like but, then by definition, you earned it because you got it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, technically I, I earned it, but like, I don't feel like it doesn't cool. have as much value as it would have had I done a lot of work to get it. Yeah. And anyway, so that's how I feel like with my elk too, is like, I shot my bow a ton. I practice calling all that stuff. We, we hiked around that area for days we altered our plans, you know, all that stuff that we did. We, you know, we, we were versatile. Like we changed air. Like we didn't just go all in on that first area that we backpacked into, you know, we changed our plans. We went lower, we followed our instincts and it paid off. Like we found the elk. And so anyway, yeah, it's an interesting subject. Yeah. It's kind of like if you, like if you, you, all your decision, it was your decision-making that led to killing that bull. Yeah. So, and same with my deer. Like, yeah, all the things, all the, it was only my decisions that brought me to that point. Mm-hmm. Preparation all year long, you know, I'm researching and reloading and making this bullet and casing and this cartridge. I made it. I practiced with this rifle. I dialed it in. I took, I put in the work. I made the decisions to go up this ridge. I made the decisions to sit down. I made the decision to all these things. And all of it was because of prior preparation. It just so happened that it happened quick this time. Yeah. So, and same with your bowl. It's like you were doing all these things, but none of that stuff, none of the hiking around for days directly led to you finding this one, really. Like if you would have showed up, on day four and gone yeah like if day four like, had been day one like if our calendars yeah. had just aligned and that was the first place we tried instead of the 12th yeah it's like you get there late at night and you're like oh let's just run up here because the sun's going down like that's a totally plausible scenario totally plausible and, and that's pl- that spot is too it's like a campsite you just yeah. hop, i'm just gonna oh there's a there's a clearing up here i can see on my map i'm just gonna run up there and see what i can see yeah. before the sun goes down and then bam bull you know pull down <laughs> and then we drag it down like the same exact thing could have yeah. happened without the three days before. Yeah. So it's like, did it make you when like, does that time, like that bull has no idea that you're hiking around. Yeah. Does the universe know that you hiked around all yeah, day no. for three it's days? Just like, yeah. 
all your decisions, like if you make good decisions, you'll put yourself in a position where good things are likely to happen. And yeah. like, say, say you were five seconds later on your rifle, then you would have deserved not to get that deer, right? Like it would have been totally your fault. You would have been like, yep, I should have set up. I should have had my rifle ready. And before I started glassing, like I should have been in a position where I, I knew where I was going to shoot from because those seconds would have mattered and you would have killed it. It just so happens you had just enough time to make it happen. So like yeah. you, you wouldn't have had any of those feelings had you like had not gotten a shot off. Right. Yeah. So it's just, I think it comes down to just, it's the wrong question to ask. Like, did I yeah. deserve this? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you matter. earn it? Did you, did you put in work to do it? I mean, yeah, you got it. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the take home with this is put in enough work. So if things do happen quickly on opening day, you feel really good about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you feel like you could earn it if you shot one right at the beginning? Yeah. That's the take home. Even if That's the my biggest take one of your life steps out like five minutes after sunrise. Yeah. Which, you know, be willing to take it. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Yep. So, and that's how, that's kind of the conclusion I came to as I was having these like over the weeks that followed, you know, like, well, all these things had to line up for this to happen. And it's like, it's all stuff that I did. Yeah. Whether or not that means I deserve it is kind of a dumb, it's just kind of a prideful question or something. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just the wrong question. Yeah, I think it is the wrong question. I think question. did you earn it is a little bit better. Uh but it's kind of related. Yeah, but I think it is a better question to ask. It's like, do I did I earn it? And if that answer is yes, then you're going to feel a lot better if you do succeed. Yeah. And and if you got if you got the deer, if you shot it, then you earned it. It's like it happened. Yeah. Kind of. Like cuz the deer doesn't decide it's kind of it's a little bit like i i kind of look at it like when you are paid something it's like well if someone paid you then you earned it but not necessarily people can just give you money right if that you don't earn but a deer doesn't die for you yeah out of its own will so you didn't like you can you always earn it if you shot it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because you know what i mean yeah i do so it's kind of, yeah, it's just an interesting thing to think about. And yeah. if anyone has those feelings you know, that's listening to this, you know, hopefully this helps them kind of uh, figure it out. Yeah. Like if it, if it didn't work out for you, you still may have earned it, you know, like you, you're had things slightly gone in a different direction. You would have felt really, really good about it because you've put in so much work, you know? Yeah. Like how I felt last year in my elk hunt, like. I didn't get anything, but I felt really good about the effort. I learned a ton. And actually all those experiences last year led up to this bowl because I knew all those areas because I'd gone around in so many of them and I had tons of places to try. So it, it all culminates. Everything happens for a reason. God loves you. All that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Um, if you guys want to go see a picture of Bryce's deer, it's a super nice deer. Um, I'll put it up on my Instagram at huntthewest.us because Bryce, you don't really do Instagram. So yeah, not really. I have an Instagram, no. but I haven't. My last post on it was 
that three point that we shot together. Oh, really? That was like 2017. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to see the picture, you should go to my my Instagram instead of Bryce's. (laughs) Yeah. You'll you'll find the wrong one. Like, hey, what's this huge deer you're talking about? Small three point. Like three point. (laughs) Why does he have a Nikon Buckmaster on that? The body on that deer was about the same size as this big four point. That was a big body deer, dude. I remember that. That thing was so heavy. Yeah. Because that's another interesting kind of, well, I guess you don't want to go into you're trying to close out, but just the amount of meat you get from a deer uh, is interesting. I've kind of figured out more about that recently because of this big one. So, yeah. Body size matters. Okay, well, uh, thanks for coming on, Bryce. Really appreciate it. Um, we'll definitely have you on again. You've been on like three other times, I think. So we'll have you on again. So yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll see. I'll see you later. Okay, see ya. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with my brother Bryce. It's always a treat having him on the podcast. Um, so if you want to see a picture of that buck that he got, go over to Instagram at huntthewest.us. And I just scored my my velvet mule deer that I shot and I, it scored 58 and three eighths inches. So for anybody who wanted to know how small that deer was, it's 58 inches, about a hundred inches smaller than my brother's deer. So anyway, I was, I wasn't that far off. I think I first I said 60 and then I, my official guess was 44 because nobody wants to be over. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. 58 and three eighths. <laughs> small deer. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you are interested more in like the reloading stuff, if you want um, some more details on something like that, Bryce has done a complete deep dive into that area. He could talk about that for hours. He knows a lot. He puts a lot of um, research into everything he does. And that goes right along with hunting and reloading and all that. So if you want more of that, just let me know. We can get him back on and we'll have a podcast on that subject. Um, in the meantime, if, if you enjoy that episode, please go leave a review in whatever episode or whatever app you're listening on right now. It really helps. And, um, and as always, you can support the show by going to huntthewest.us and ordering some merch. There'll be a link in the show notes and in your podcast app, you can go there. So yeah, as always, you can contact me via email at skyler at huntthewest.us or on Instagram at huntthewest.us. I answer every email and every DM. So hit me up and I'd be happy to hear from you. And in the meantime, get out there, get your turrets dialed. Make sure you put in the work so you can earn whatever animal you're chasing after. You'll feel a lot better if you put in the work, just like Bryce did. So I hope you'll be able to do that in preparation for this season. Now get out there and hunt the West. Hunt the West.